So here's the thing. For now, overseas adventures are off the menu, which is a downer for anyone who loves to travel. To help manage my own wanderlust, I decided to do some virtual traveling, to imagine myself taking a stroll through some of my favorite neighborhoods around the world. And then I thought, why not see if anyone wants to come along? Hello, and welcome to Walk the World, the podcast that lets you roam the globe without leaving home. I'm Uta Yonka, and to kickstart our explorations, you and I are gonna head to Paris. Why Paris? Because it's never a bad time to go to Paris. So you may well already have your favorite spot to take a wander in Paris. You might like strolling along the banks of the Seine or wandering the little alleys of the Ile de la Cité. Perhaps you're a garden fan and you love to stroll through the leafy Jardin du Luxembourg. Or maybe you'd rather drink up the views from the lofty heights of Montmartre. We're not going to go to any of those places. I'm going to take you somewhere where perhaps you've never been before. We are going to go exploring today in the second arrondissement. Now the second is a pretty central neighborhood, but it's one that tourists don't usually spend that much time in. This particular walk, I really love because you can do it any time of year. Like the rest of Paris, it's particularly appealing in spring when you've got leaves starting to unfurl and blossoms just coming into bud. But the last time I did this walk, it was in winter and it was one of those bright blue Paris winter days. It was just lovely. So our starting point is the metro station Saint-Nicolas-de-Champs and we're standing on a street called the Rue Réaumur. Now this isn't the most immediately appealing street in Paris. It's busy, it's bustling, there's lots of traffic, some slightly tatty wholesale shops. But there is something special about this street and to understand why, you need to understand a little history. So when you think of Paris, you tend to think of those grand avenues lined with beautiful symmetrical buildings. They're known as Haussmann buildings, after Baron Haussmann, who was the man who reconfigured the center of Paris under Napoleon III. He demolished all the cluttered old medieval neighborhoods and laid out these beautifully straight streets with this uniform elegance. Now, of course, we love this sort of streetscape these days, but fashion is a funny thing, right? So while Hausmann's designs were the toast of town for a while, it didn't take long before Paris's architects got a bit itchy. They started to want to do their own thing, to be a bit more creative, not quite so restrained. And Rue Réaumur, where we are standing, is one of the first places where they got to flex those creative muscles. So don't focus on the shops at ground level. What you want to do when you walk along this street is to look up. This is where you'll find some of the most beautiful example of early Art Nouveau in Paris. And because it's early, you're seeing this jumble of elements. There'll be some of the classic looks you associate with Paris, like the, the neat blocks of cut stone, for instance, hard up against new elements like concrete and wrought iron. There's also an immense amount of playfulness on display. So head down to number 61. It looks almost like a cathedral. It has a huge clock with the signs of the zodiac on it and these carved stone decorations and ornamental balconies. 
And a bit further down the road, at number 82, you've got a facade that sort of comes alive with these polychrome mosaics and an amazing profusion of bow windows. So just take a stroll along and have a look at what gems you find that particularly appeal to you. Don't walk too far, however. Keep a lookout for the street called the Rue de la Banque. So this is where we're going next. And the reason we're taking this street is because it leads us to a little treasure that is so hidden that even some people who've been to Paris countless times haven't actually set foot inside it yet. It's called the Galerie Vivienne, and it's one of Paris's loveliest arcades. Now, there was a time that Paris had dozens and dozens of these arcades. So back in the early 19th century, you did not want to be strolling in the streets of Paris. The place was dirty and muddy and crowded and filthy. And this is when arcades came into fashion. Suddenly you had a much more civilized way to shop. You could step inside and escape the noise and the dirt and the pollution and do your shopping in a sophisticated, serene environment. They even had people stationed at the entrance to the arcades whose job it was to clean your shoes before you entered, literally removing the crap from them. Sadly, most of the arcades have disappeared. The ones that have survived tend to be on the right bank of the Seine and in this area in particular. But for my money, the Galerie Vivienne is absolutely the loveliest of them all. It's got a glass roof and a mosaic floor and a selection of very exclusive stores. Not big brand names, it's more, more refined than that. Take a wander through. You still get that Narnia-like sensation of stepping into a different world when you go inside. So walk through the length of the Galerie and once we come out the other side, we're going to turn left into the Rue Lafayette, and then we're going to keep going for a bit. Through the Place de Victoire, which is now essentially a giant roundabout with a statue of Louis XIV on horseback in the middle, and keep walking for a couple of blocks. After that, we're going to turn into the Rue Etienne Marcel, where we're going to stop and look at one of my favourite buildings in Paris. It's called the Tour Jean Sans Peur, the Tower of John the Fearless, and it's the only medieval tower left in Paris. The funny thing is, there's a school right next door these days, and I imagine that some days when the kids are being particularly rowdy, the teachers look longingly at this fortified tower right next door, wishing that they could somehow barricade themselves inside. When it was built, this tower, which was part of a mansion that's long since disappeared, it was built hard up against the city walls. So that gives you an idea of how compact this city was in the 15th century. Now, this was a particularly turbulent time in Paris with feuding nobles, the Armagnacs and the Burgundians, basically putting the city into a state of civil war. So if you could afford a grand residence, you were going to make sure it had a properly fortified tower to keep you safe. There would have been lots of these right through town. So this particular residence, of course, belonged to a man called John the Fearless, who was a Burgundian count. And there's a small entry fee to get inside, but it's worth doing. On the ground floor, there's this historical exhibition which tells you about the building and the people who owned it. But what I love the most is climbing the ancient spiral staircase that winds up through the middle of the tower. 
the payoff when you reach the top is not the view out through the windows, it's the view up, the view of the ceiling. It's been carved like the canopy of a tree with branches spreading out in all directions. All of it carved out of the stone ceiling itself. That's absolutely fantastic. So when you're done with the tower, we're going to backtrack a little, heading back the way we came, and then turning right into the Rue Montaigu. Now, this is a pedestrian street. It slopes slightly upward, and it's one of the most ridiculously pretty streets in Paris. The thing about Rue Montaigu, though, is that this used to be an open marketplace. You know, where you could pick up oysters and visit the butcher and the baker and the fishmonger. And even today, it's still packed with food shops and restaurants. So you have these historic buildings and these mouth-watering food outlets, including some fantastic cheese shops, you know, the kind you can smell a couple of blocks away. There are lots of delights here, and I don't want to single anything out. Actually, no, wait, I do. Because my favourite patisserie in Paris is here, at number 51. It's called Maison Storaire, and it's been on this street selling pastries since 1730. It's astonishing. The original owner, who was Monsieur Storet, he started out as the royal pâtissier, making pastries for the king, until he decided to open this shop. The shop itself is tiny, but you have to go in and have a look at the period interiors, which are just exquisite. And of course, you want to pick up some pastries. Um, rum barbers are one of the specialties, but I actually think the coffee eclairs are the way to go. And in the same area, there's another eye-catching facade with a large, well, basically, it's a piece of colonialist propaganda featuring an African servant in striped pantalon attending a French plantation owner who's tricked out in a very natty three-piece linen suit. So the building is called Au Planteur, and the backstory is that this was the first store in Paris dedicated to selling goods from the colonies. So something like sugar, for instance, would have been a big mover here. Now from here, keep walking up the street and we're going to veer left onto the Rue de Sentier. We're coming towards the end of our walk and you're probably ready for a refreshing beverage of some sort. So there are two options I recommend. On the Rue de Sentier itself, you're going to find the Hoxton Paris Hotel, which opened relatively recently. Uh, the building has a Rococo facade, but the best bit lies inside. Into the lobby, you will find this fantastic grand staircase that's a real eye-catcher. And the hotel has a funky bar and a great restaurant. It's a terrific spot for a bit of people watching as you chill out over a drink. If you have just a little bit more energy left, head up to the Boulevard Poissonnier and turn right. Now, we're not going far at all. It's only five minutes, and this is where you're going to find another great little boutique hotel tucked away. It's called the Hotel de Grand Boulevard, and I'm very partial to it. In fact, I stayed here last time I was in Paris, and it also has a great little bistro and a pocket-sized bar. So, I hope you enjoyed exploring that little slice of Paris with me, and that you'll come and take another stroll sometime soon. You'll find more episodes of Walk the World on my website, utejunker.com.au, that's U-T-E-J-U-N-K-E-R, or wherever you download your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening, 
and I'll catch you next time on Walk the World. Thank you.